Hello again, everyone. And welcome back to Octopulse, our Detroit News, Detroit Red Wings podcast. I'm Mark Faulkner, Detroit News Assistant Sports Editor. Ted Colfin, our Red Wings beat reporter, is here with us as well as usual. Coming up, we'll hear from the coach of the Czechia U18 hockey team, Jacob Peter. He's coached four of the Red Wings Czech players. His U18 team is in Plymouth for this week's Five Nations Tournament. But first, Ted, the Red Wings, still one of the early surprises of the Atlantic Division, a 7-4-3 and three record. They're tied for second with Toronto and Florida, seven back of Boston, two up on Tampa Bay and Montreal. Last night, they had that 2-1 lead at home against the Rangers, but the Rangers scored seven straight goals for an 8-2 victory. And after the game, Red Wings coach Derek Lalonde said, they're probably not good enough to win unless they're really executing at the top of their game. Your story today at DetroitNews.com touches on Lalonde's comments. What did you make of the 8-2 to two loss, Ted? Very humbling, I'll tell you that much, mm-hmm. my friend. Uh, I didn't see it coming either. I mean, goodness gracious, first four, five, six minutes of the third period, I thought the wings were in really good shape. I thought they were in decent shape throughout. And now it's like the what? What is it, Mark? That's the second or third time this season that the once the dam bursts, boy, oh boy, like Boston and Buffalo, this was the third time that things just completely fell apart. I mean, the Rangers have an, the Rangers' talent level is quite high. It's pretty impressive, and their elite players really did take over last night. They were fantastic, but. Mm-hmm. Obviously, no excuses for an eight to two game. I mean, it's just, I don't know. There were shades of the last couple of years, basically, just total, a lot of breakdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. Uso probably would like to take, get back one or two of those goals, one of them for sure, which kind of ignited everything. And a tough loss. Now you got to, like they were talking after the words, they have to reset. They got a tough game in Los Angeles tomorrow. Um, there's points to be had on this road trip, but now they have to go get them. And considering the way they played the other night, there's some work to do here. Ted, you just mentioned Billy Huso. He allowed those eight goals last night. And that third goal by Adam Fox is probably the one that he would right. really like back. Right. Cause that was, that was a, a shot from the right wing circle. Uh, Kuba, Kuba Lee came out to maybe blocked the shot it happened really quickly and it beat him and that sort of opened the floodgates those six goals but he has been one of the top goalies in the league this year he's five and two despite last night uh 920 save percentage this year his goals against average is 2.54 last year's goals against average was 2.56 his former st louis teammate oscar sunquist says he's not surprised huso has been able to come up with the big saves this year. He's been starting the boy the same way he, he kind of ended last season with, with St. Louis too and the whole last season with with him uh, with him uh, carrying the team basically and, and uh, I mean knocking off uh, Bennington from the from, from the first position in St. Louis isn't isn't easy so uh, I mean he, he did an amazing job and um, not surprised at all he, he he uh, he gives an opportunity to win every night. You know, he, he making those big saves when you need them, uh, timely saves, and uh, he uh, like I said, he he's keep he's making sure you have a chance to win every night, and it's it's nice to nice to be on the same team as him. Ted, what do you make of Huso this year? He's a big goalie, six foot three, and he could be the latest in a long line of Finnish goalies, goalies like Pekka Rinne, 
Mika Kiprasov, Tuka Rask, UC Saros. Steve Eisenman gave up a third-round pick just to sign Huso, and that's the first time they haven't had a third-round pick since Eisenman took over in 2019. Of course, the team is playing better, as we mentioned on the podcast, in front of Huso and Alex Nedeljkovic. Detroit is ranked 19th in defense and 19th in offense. So are you surprised at Huso's hot start despite last night's loss? And how do you see the goalie rotation, Ted, working out in the next little while? Wait and see. I mean, it seems like Huso's been getting more of the work here lately. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting to, to listen to Derek Lalonde last night that that uh, arguably uh, Huso has been the team's MVP, and you could make a very strong case mm-hmm. for it. I mean, okay. there's no question about it. I mean, it's probably the main reason they have the record they do have. Uh, I thought Ndelkovic played pretty well Sunday, obviously, in New York. I think, you know, three to two overtime win. He made some timely saves late. I would expect we'll see Ndelkovic tomorrow in, against Los Angeles. And then after that, um, mm-hmm. we'll have to wait and see. I, would, I wouldn't be too shocked if they went back to somewhat alternating the two of them. I know and that's what Lalone said he would do earlier in the season. It worked like that for for a few weeks, but obviously the way Huso was playing, he he went a little bit against that here recently. But mm-hmm. if Nadelkovich can get a string a couple of good starts here, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be too surprised to see see the both of them go back to alternating. Let's move on now to our interview segment on the podcast, and our guest is Jacob Peter. He's the head coach of team Czechia's under 18 team they lost to Switzerland 4-2 last night and they'll wrap up the five nations tournament in Plymouth on Saturday against Finland joining us now is Jacob Peter the Czechia hockey team coach here at five nations under 18 the tournament at USA hockey and Jacob first of all four Red Wings have come through the system uh the Czech Republic hockey system Slovaks as well Four Red Wings. Let's begin with Dominic Kubelik, who leads the Red Wings in scoring. He's got 16 points already in 13 games, six goals. What can you tell us about his development when when you were coaching him? Yeah, what what, what a great start for him. I I I haven't had I had him when he was younger, uh, when I was a certain coach, which is like oh ages ago. But yeah, no, that he 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 his development. Uh, and he got improved through the seasons when he played for U18, U20, and he was getting better and better. And uh, suddenly he got his contract in, in uh, first contract in AJL, I think, uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And I'm just happy for, for his performance in, in this season because he's so far so good, so great. Did you see that type of goal scoring? 30 goals in his first year in Chicago, and now with the Red Wings, he's become more of an all-around player, but he's also leading the team. But did you see that scoring in him at all? I saw him like, like this, like everyone in Czech, because I even coached against him when I when I coached the men's team, and he was on the other side of the of the ring, and he's he's a great shooter. He he know where to find a spot for a great shot. He's he's strong around around the net, but he's he's as I said at the beginning, like his development is getting better and better every season. So I'm just every 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 guy who have a chance to work with or play against him, and especially from our country. So I'm I'm proud of him. Jacob, how about Philip Horonic, who's having one of his best seasons? He's tied for third in scoring. He's got eight assists. He's plus five, which is second on the team after a couple of, even by his own admission, maybe subpar seasons. 
What are your thoughts about Philip Moronic and his early development? Yeah, I got the experience with him. I coach him U18 and U20 national team. Yeah. And uh, the good thing, we like that kind, of, that kind of defenseman, you know. He's strong on the back, be playmaker and, and, and this stuff. And the funny thing is, like, he was, I think, I don't be... I don't want to be wrong, but you uh, 16, you 17, maybe he yeah. still played a forward. And then in his organization, they just move him to defenseman. And finally, or suddenly, we had a have a, a had a, a great defenseman. It was well, it was well at uh, Worlds Juniors. He, we played in in Montreal, and I, I'm not sure, but he was with us. Yeah. I think uh, even in in Helsinki with 96 Borns. And I'm just happy for him as well because he's. Uh, I, I, I'm always happy when we got that kind of defenseman in coming from Czech or Czechia, whatever you call it. Jacob, uh, can you imagine making that move though from forward to defense in the history of the Red Wings? Red Kelly made that yeah. transition, but it's not one that a lot of players do. Brett Burns, you know, now with the Carolina Hurricanes, he made it. Now he may not have played a lot of forward, but what's that like? That's a pretty big jump. I mean, moving from forward to defense. But it helps him. Then he's I call him quarterback or you know playmaker because he got that confidence with you. You're getting as a as a as a forward when you're younger, and he obviously improved a lot on defensive side as well. So he is now top prospect, like uh, even for Czech men's team, national team, and I I'm happy that he's he's. He's great right now in the Detroit Detroit organization. And Jacob, how about Jacob Verona, who right now is in the NHL Players Assistance Program, but certainly his career has been revived with the Red Wings. When he comes back, I'm just curious what your thoughts are when you saw him rise up probably pretty quickly in your uh, hockey system. Yeah, had him again, had him U U18 and 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 U20 team and. And uh, I was just happy with his start when he moved when we moved to Detroit, and I was happy with his start this season. You know, then I got those you know information. So I would, I would love to say I would love to say good luck to him and get back to business as soon as possible. And his shot, as far as he won a Stanley Cup with the Washington See? Capitals, scored key goals in the playoffs. Again, like Kubelik, there's another player that the Red Wings have on the power play, off wing, quick shot. Like Jacob, he was always like this. He was a power forward, like uh, who can score the goals. Yeah. He, 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 when he was younger, he was uh, in, I think, in Linköping. Linköping, yeah. when a friend of mine coached him in, in Linköping Academy. And I was lucky. Oh, we were lucky as a coaches. We had we had uh, Jacob Rana, we had David Pastrňák, and we had, we had a really great team. We got a medals from Linka Gretzky and we got a medals from World Championship. Unlucky we didn't get it from World Juniors, but I'm happy for these guys. And I, I was I'm proud that I I was part of that that team uh years ago. How about Philip Zadina who right now zero goals in nine games. He blocked a shot. He'll be out for a while. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about his development as well. Yeah I, I coach him only one tournament because he, he was he was he was younger but obviously he's got a his dad is a great coach and he's former players. So I think he's coming from, from hockey environment and, and I'm just the same. Like uh, he's, he's a guy who can score the goals. And uh, he played together with Natchez at the World Juniors in, oh. in, in overseas. And he had a great tournament when he was even a year younger. So yeah, always injuries coming with, with the hockey. But uh, I believe that he is going to be fine as soon as possible again. And Jacob, sometimes it takes a while for players to develop. He just signed a new three-year contract. 
he spent some time in the minors. Steve Eisenman felt that there was enough there was enough improvement to give him the new contract, but it does take a while sometimes as a first round pick. It can, people, we can all be impatient. Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. that's what I'm saying. I got I got like uh, I don't know twelve or fourteen year, years experience with the international hockey yeah. on the level from U16 up to U20, now U18 again. And what I generally think, I'm saying generally, not sure. not you know the exceptions like Czech player they they getting more mature like about 20 21 22 if you're comparing like canadians or us yeah. us guys in like uh during the summer when it's linka gretzky and at the end of the of the of the season yeah. during the world championship uh guys are getting bigger but not not that big and strong you know so it takes time for you know i don't know if it's overseas different food or something but we are smart we got generally smart players quite good skaters but the power and you know that develop the the development and when they get stronger when they get more mature it's coming what i'm saying about 20 21 22 so and finally jacob there's a goaltender jan bedner he's 6'4 he's 20 years old um uh, as an overager in the quebec league right now his goals against is quite a bit higher this year the team is not as good but um how about goaltenders that have come through the system uh, way back, of course, Dominic Hoshik. But how about Jan Bednar? I had him on a team, but then was the COVID season, so we didn't yeah. we didn't have the World Championship. But uh, he, he grew up, or grew up, he played for Karlovy Vary at age I think sixteen or 15, 16 something. Then he has, he's got his first first you know uh, um, extra liga game. Yeah. But my experience is not that big because because there was COVID, you know, there was there was troubles for 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 all of us, and I, I'm not the right person to talk no. about goalies. The only thing I I love to tell them just the the black thing, just catch it, you just know, it. whatever style, whatever. There's always there are always jokes with with my goalie coaches, but any 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 way, just catch it, and I'll be happy then. And kind of wrapping up, there are 24 players from either the Czech Republic or Slovakia in the NHL, maybe a few more as well. This past season, you were mentioning the two Slovaks, uh, Slavoski, who was involved in that check with Matt Luff the other night, Simon Nemec, mm -hmm. also David Juracek from Columbus, who you said you've uh, coached as well, Philip Massar and Yuri Kulic, uh, a Buffalo draft pick. Are there some... General ideas, like you said, you just said some of the Czech players take a little longer yep. or want to get stronger. Is there a, an upswing in your mind? Are there more players coming out? Is there any reason why that the, the, the Czech hockey leagues in Czechia and even Slovakia are producing more players? Yeah, I'm believing we're on the right way. You know, it's not just about the results or medals and stuff, right. but but uh, within the last three, four years, uh we got good results on the international level, which are the world championship. I like, I love to be, I love when we played, you know, different kind of hockey, a lot of skating, a lot of forecheck, be aggressive, not that kind of, you know, standing in the, in the neutral zone. So, and I'm, I, I'm proud or I'm more happier that players can react and we want to play because we are on the chain of their development you know you you 18 team so they need to get all those information how to be how to be the great player you 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 talking you're talking about yeah i was happy we had we had, we had Eric Kulich at, at the world championship at the world championship 
uh, last year and, and he was MVP of the tournament. Uh, uh, Easy check, I coached him, I coached him two years, uh, two years ago. And, and again, he, he's got his, his, his progress and his development through the men's team in Plzeň. So yeah, that, that's, that's the point of my job, you know, that's the goal of my job. Yeah. Of, of course, great teamwork. Enjoy the tournament every time. Get a medal if it's possible, because it's not common recently in Czech. But always you happy when you when you see those guys playing on the top leagues, NHL or in, even in Europe, and you had that 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 chance to work with them, at least on the on the international level, like uh, including uh, national team. And Jacob, how about one last question? One last player. 17-year-old Edward Saleh. He was ranked number two by Bob McKenzie. Yeah. You were talking to Bob McKenzie, and Saleh is right up there to Connor Bedard, who's one of our future guests coming up on our podcast. Adam Fantilli is a top pick mm-hmm. with the University of Michigan. But Saleh was ranked number two. He's six foot one. Last year in the U18 teams, he had nine points in six games. He has six goals in eight international games. He's listed six one of a 175. What can you tell us about Edward Saleh? Yeah, I'm like I know these guys since they were like, you know yeah. really really kids because because uh, as I said my my son is their teammate so so yeah. I know them pretty well and uh, even even we had so much fun out of hockey you know where they were kids and Edda he's 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 great prospect he's 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 good one on one situation great skating yeah. he he knows how to score the goal. Even now he's playing for men's team in Brno, and he's one of the uh, this overtime or penalty shootouts. So even at his age, he's one of the key players for for this for this discipline, yes. if I say. But still, he's on the way. He's on the way. He was he was he was great at Hlinka Gretzky and even last year at the, in Landshut when we had three we had three younger guys like 05 born. Uh, two play uh, two forwards and one one defenseman, and he was great at on power play, and. It, as I said, you know how to score the goals, but still, uh, I would love him more to be both way, both way player. You know, yeah. he got a thing about defensive side as well, but he's he's got great, great talent for uh, scoring the goals and uh, similar like better. So better in Edmonton after after Linka Gretzky, the World Juniors, and he's incredible as well. So uh, there, there are similarity in, in between those two guys. But I'm happy for him, and I I believe I believe that Bob McKenzie uh, yes. <laughs> as a <laughs> is right and he'll be he'll be on top of the draft jacob peter thanks again for your time uh with us here on the podcast and best of luck the rest of the tournament when this podcast runs on saturday you'll have one game left so fans can still catch your team czechia playing finland on saturday at 3 30 here at usa hockey again thanks again for your time it was very nice to meet you and enjoy enjoy the tournament right here our thanks again to Jacob Peter, the head coach of Czechia's under-18 team at the Five Nations Tournament. Ted, Peter just talked about the development of Philip Hironik. Hironik is probably off to his best start in five years. The first four years, he was minus 95 on some bad teams. This year, he's playing alongside steady Oli Mata. Hironik is plus four, tied for second on the team with Joe Valeno. Dylan Larkin leads the team at plus five. Last night, Ronick led the team in ice time at 23-38. He had four shots, two hits, one blocked shot. How good, Ted, do you think that second defensive pairing has been, Ronick and Mata? And do you see uh, Ronick maybe even improving more under Bob Bugner's guidance? He's played well, Mark. I think anybody would agree with that. Um, you don't see the – he's not taking as many chances, playing more safely. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just experience, just simple experience. But whatever it is, he—I mean, I, I think he's doing a nice job in playing with Mata. Mata's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, very, just very steady, steady, able defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made for yeah, they make for a good combination. I mean, I—I th- I don't think it's too outlandish to say they've been a little more steadier and consistent than Cider and Sharad have mm-hmm. been. As a number one pairing, I mean that pairing's had their ups and downs. It seems like, but no, Mata and Ronick been fine. Uh, we'll see. Interesting. What do you do with Ali Mata at the trade deadline? And we're still a few months away here, obviously, but mm-hmm. only a one-year deal. Do do they bring him back next year? It seems like he'd be a nice addition to keep, but. Let's wait and see. Ted, there's a lot of stats that show the progress of the Wings this year under new coach Derek Lalonde. The special teams are better this year. The penalty killing, they're 12th in the league at 81%. They're more aggressive. We've talked about that. The Bruins, by the way, are first at 94%. The power play with David Perron and Dominic Kubel-Leak, they've dropped a bit since going 0 for 7 against Montreal, but they're 27th at 17%. The Avs, in comparison, they're at 40%, and the Oilers are at 33%. But, Ted, the Wings are also better in block shots. They're now six in the league with 17 per game. Vegas is first with that big defense. They block 20 shots a game. And if you look at last week when the Wings won those three impressive games, 20 blocks against Washington, 24 against the Islanders, 22 against the Rangers in New York. It's a hard way to play the game, of course. And you could argue that on that winning goal against the Rangers last night, as we mentioned, Kubalik passed up on a block shot. Adam Fox then beat Huso with that shot, which started the onslaught. There's also uh, the issue of injuries with block shots, with injuries to Tyler Bertuzzi, Philip Zadina, and Elmer Solderblom. So, Ted, do you like the style of hockey? Bob Ganey said they should probably even ban all these shot blockers and going to the ice. And can the Wings sustain this for another 68 games? Would it be, like you said, it's a hard way to play, no question about it. And Bertuzzi broke his hand the second game of the season with that blocking a shot. And uh, I think Soderblom probably got hurt the other night blocking a shot. It's be a hard way to play, but it has been effective. I mean, you're right about last weekend. I thought that was a key, a key segment in the, all three games, the reason mm-hmm. they won. I mean... They've been really aggressive doing that. Uh, it has been an you know, it's been a, a, probably a mindset this year. Um, it's been effective, but no, you're right, Mark. I think it would be a tough way to play the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you though, you look around the league though, and it's it's even becoming more prevalent than it was before, and it is interesting. I've had a couple of people over the years say, I mean, I don't know if you could, I don't think you can outlaw it. Obviously mm-hmm. it'd be impossible, but it, it does take away some of the enjoyment of the game I mean, to, for some casual fans that I know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they want to see more offense. They want to see shots on net. Obviously, like I said, it'd be impossible. I think almost outlawed it, just the nature of the game, but boy, oh boy. Uh, F's that, just from a naked eye, it is a tough way to watch a game. No question about it. And finally, Ted, the Wings are off to the West Coast today. They'll face the Kings, as you said, on Saturday. The Kings are good again. They're 9-6-1. But then they'll face three struggling teams, which you mentioned in your story at DetroitNews.com. The Ducks have just four wins and are the worst 
defensive team statistically. The Sharks have only three wins, and the Blue Jackets have four wins. But former Wolverine Zach Wierenski is out for the season after suffering that injury against the Flyers last night. So a 500 road trip would be good, right, Ted? Because then they'll come back. If, say, they go two and two, they'll come back for five straight against Nashville and Arizona and then tougher games against Toronto, Buffalo, and Vegas. No, you're right. I mean, there's opportunities here to gain points, no question about it. Uh, they haven't excelled, I know, what in the, these California trips in the past. They've done well, but they haven't excelled. But, boy, it seems like, at least on the surface, they have a good chance because, like you said, Anaheim and San Jose struggling very badly. Mm-hmm. And then just by luck would have it, they have Columbus, who is really reeling. And now without Wierenski, I mean, they're going to be prime candidates to land the number one overall pick, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it just works out nicely for them in terms of the schedule. They have an opportunity here to get some points, stay in the race. Um, but uh, they have to go out and do it. And like I said, they haven't had a ton of, ton of success out in the West out in, in these California road trips in the past. So and they have played a lot of hockey here lately. It's going to be a tough one tomorrow, too, with this quick turnaround going mm-hmm. flying to the West Coast and facing a tough Kings team. If they can get a point or two tomorrow, that would be a nice way to start, obviously. And that'll do it for episode 79 of our Detroit News, Detroit Red Wings podcast. Thanks again, Ted, for your time today. You can find all of Ted's stories online at DetroitNews.com, as well as on our Octopulse Facebook page. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, rating, and reviewing these podcasts.